0: Welcome to Canby's Quarterly Podcast. I'm Gerard Starkey, SVP of Marketing and Communications at Canby. And as i heard this morning, I'm joined by CEO Christian Nyland and CFO David Kenyon. Today, we're not only talking about the Q1 results, but also a couple of events that happened after Q1 or even after the, the publication of the Q1 results. And we're recording this on Thursday, the 11th of May. Okay, Christian. Thanks for for joining me this morning. As mentioned before, we get on to Q1 itself. There were a, a couple of recent announcements, which I think it'd be best to to tackle first. And excitingly, starting with the the partnership with with Bally's, Bally's Corporation. What looks on paper a great deal for for all parties, with with Bally's looking to move off its proprietary sports book, and um, onto Canby Technology for for both uh, an improvement in product and also a more economically viable model for, for Bally's and it'd be great if you can kind of give us a bit of color on that deal and, and what were the kind of um, the key elements for Canby in being attracted to this deal
1: good morning Jord. Uh, yeah very pleased uh, signing in Bally's I think yeah, that was uh, one of the large multi-state operators out there in the US but the uh, we felt could be a possibility at this point. And, and as I say, they have had an uh, in-house sports book, uh, and I think they came to a conclusion that uh, it's quite both costly, also hard to keep up with the competition, doing it in-house. So, so for them, it's probably a very good move, getting a chance to compete with a good product on, on sports betting, and for us, obviously, very pleased with, with getting a tier one operator in the U.S. who has access to 18 states online and, and I think having 15 properties and also having a, a global presence. We're quite large in, in countries such as UK, Spain and even Japan. Yeah, very, very happy with the deal.
0: Excellent. A part of the deal as well or, or probably not? part of this actual deal, but a potential deal moving forward. There's something in the press release around an option to um, a limited part of the source code. So I don't know if you can give us, yeah, just a little bit of, of additional information around that, what that means and that option would kind of uh, come into effect.
1: First and foremost, I think it gives probably a little bit more uh, security for the future. Moving towards uh, outsourcing, obviously, we are more vulnerable for what can happen, for instance, if, if there is a change of control in Cambie. So now we have an opportunity to, to uh, acquire parts of the source, code, as you say, especially in the event of, of, of a change of control, which uh, gives them more confidence. And I think it's step in the direction we have wanted to take uh, with, with uh, more and more modernised services. So, so uh, I'm very pleased with, with that part as well.
0: Excellent. Okay. Um thanks for that. And 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 staying on ballys as well. You know, as as we've said, they've they've decided to shelve their plans or, or, or kind of the the what they had in, in-house through through Betworks for their uh, proprietary sports book and move over to to outsourcing. Obviously that's that's a that's a great sign for Canby. And there's been some observers in the market who have said this could potentially be an inflection point, in a very commas, um, with regard to attitudes towards outsourcing. Is this something that you agree with? Of course, you'd hope it'd be true. But do you think that's something that we're seeing in the market?
1: I hope so. I mean, uh, I have been talking for many years, as you know, about that. that- there is a very limited amount of operators that will have a capability to, to, to build sports betting in-house. It uh, mm. takes quite a large effort. I, I wouldn't say everyone can do it. And then hopefully we can show a great success together with Bali in this venture. And, and that should open up the uh, eyes for our executives
0: in the industry. Yeah, fantastic. Fingers crossed. Also, uh, another event after for Q1 was announcement that you've repaid the convertible bond that had been held since Kindred since 2014. Of course, this follows on from the announcement last year as part of the extension with Kindred that you secured the right to to pay the bond at a time of your own choosing. So basically, why now? Why have you chosen to, to repay that bond at this point in time?
1: Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, uh, as we always have talked about uh, why we didn't repay the bond directly, I mean we, we had some advantages of, of having the bond in place uh, now those advantages is not really there anymore and and now was a good time I would say to, to do it uh, for another reason and, and that uh, is because of the of IP element in, in the ball deal, there was something mm-hmm. that uh, we may would have had to discuss with uh, the bondholder, uh, so this was a very good time to do.
0: Okay, makes sense. There were a couple of the main things since Q1. Let's let's look back a little bit further now to to Q1 itself. It's a solid performance, but it was really headlined by by two key partnership extensions with RSI and, and BetPlay. But uh, just in general, how how do you reflect on on those first 3 months of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say quite solid uh, financial performance. Obviously, we had a slightly lower margin than then we hope for that will go up and down and and, Mm -hmm. um, turnover was very much in line with what we expected. So quite pleased where we came in. As you said, I mean, the the highlight of of a quarter is is the the extensions of of RSI and Betplay, which is two of our most important partners. So I'm very, very happy to, to get these extensions done. We have also done a few other extensions such as uh, Sun in South African and Pops. So So I would say we are definitely on track with where we want to be securing uh, existing customer base and in general, very pleased with that. Of course, one other thing we have talked a lot about uh, lately is uh, our AI-powered soccer trading yeah. and uh, very happy to see that... The, we now have ruled it out to the, the largest leagues in Europe uh, for pre-match, and it works very, very well. As usual, done a lot of, of new partner launches, uh, including three new states, Ohio, Massachusetts, and Wisconsin. So, yeah,
0: all in all, busy quarter, and, and uh,
1: yeah, quite happy with, with what we've been able to, to accomplish.
0: Excellent. And on top of that, I know sort of um, in recent weeks, Bally's would have would have kind of stole the, the limelight a little bit, but there have also been a, a number of other partner sign ins that, that you've made so far this year. So I just wonder if you could run us through some of the, kind of the more notable ones outside of Bally's.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, to start with, uh, this morning, morning we announced that uh, we did a partnership with Warhorse Gaming in Nebraska which is uh, another interesting deal for us uh, in the terms that uh, we have a very good grip on the on the uh, retail business in Nebraska. And uh, this will be a state where it's only on-premise gaming. So for us, we get a, a very strong partner in that state. And we
0: earlier, expect that to go live in, in the coming weeks as well, Kristen, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So, so very
0: happy with that.
2: Excellent.
0: And uh,
1: earlier we have done... Uh, Puta in Wisconsin. Pretty much the same kind of deal. On premise, uh, betting only. And uh, they have a leading role in, in that state. So that's nice. We have done DeLago in New York, which actually is uh, an old partner of us coming back. Uh, if you remember back in the days, we, we run DeLago New York Casino for full DraftKings. It's one of very few uh, casinos upstate in New York. So also very nice. And a very small effort for us to to, to get that up running again. And possibly the most interesting deal uh, uh, for the group is that Shape uh, signed a U.S. operator called Wager, which was announced uh, after that signing that uh, uh, Wager has been acquired by Yahoo. So that hopefully can have some positive implications uh, for, for our larger business as well.
0: Perfect. OK, thanks, Christian. And now coming over to you, David, Christian spoke there a little bit about the, the Bally's deal. So I just wonder if you can give us a little bit more colour on that from a financial perspective. And perhaps uh, you expect that we'll start to see a, an impact on, on numbers from this deal.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's a really exciting deal, of course, for us. Mm-hmm. As, as Ballers have said, they anticipate being live online in seven states by the end of this year, as well as four properties. And of course, we'll add to uh, that gradually as, as they expand in the coming years. So I guess from a financial perspective, it will be a gradual impact this year that will probably pick up momentum in the coming years as, as their operations expand and, and as they succeed with our service. Of course, from our side, we already have existing operations and, and regulatory aspects covered in the US. So I think from our side, hopefully this, we can benefit from our existing infrastructure to, to really uh, help our profitability in the coming years. Sure. And of course, as Christian mentioned, there is a, a global element to the deal. It's not just the US, so that there is some potential for further revenue in the future from that part of the deal. And of course, we're in a current situation where we have got the, the prospect of PEN online migrating away from us in, in Q3. So there's some headwinds to factor in, but you know, this this kind of deal is it's exactly what we need. It's, 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 it's a really exciting deal for us.
0: Yeah, great news for us. And um, you, you mentioned there, PEN, in the Q1 presentation a, a couple of weeks ago, you, you highlighted the you know, the rather solid 12% turnover growth, but you did suggest that that could have been higher still had it not been for a little bit of, I suppose, softness in, in the pen numbers.
2: Yeah, I think they've been quite open about their market share losses in, in many states on the back of reducing marketing spend on customer acquisition. So, you know, it just I think it was worth flagging and all things being equal, that, that 12% growth could have been higher if those, their numbers had been stronger. Of course, the flip side and the silver lining is that when, when they do migrate online, the online impact isn't quite as big as as we might previously have anticipated.
0: Going back to the Q1 reports, it was a bit of an an unusual quarter, really, uh, particularly in terms of of costs. kind of sort of mentioned uh, a number of one-off costs. There was an FX impact. There was the the inclusion of shape games costs during the quarter as well. And kind of some of that anyway led you to introducing a a new KPI. So I don't know if you can just give us kind of an overall view on costs where we are and how we should look at those moving forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, normally we're quite straightforward in our cost base and obviously we do give uh, uh, guidance on costs and we were in the guidance, but it was a more complicated quarter, if you like, from a cost Mm -hmm. perspective, so it does bear explaining. And costs, if you look versus a year back, there were 10 million, so it's definitely worth needs explaining. I'd say that, first of all, there's some structural changes to our P&L, predominantly from from, uh, the acquisition of SHAKE. So compared to this time last year, we've got the Shape Games operating expenses, that's around 2.7 million. And we have the amortization on the intangible assets we acquired in that acquisition. That's another almost a million. Then we have non-recurring expenses, kind of one-off stuff that happened in Q1. We unfortunately had around 30 staff leave the business in the quarter. And, and so that we had some restructuring costs around that. That was around a million. Foreign exchange moved against us this quarter, whereas it had been in our favor in Q1 2022. So that was a 1.3 million swing. So there's 2.3 million there of non-recurring expenses, plus the 3.6 recurring parts of the shape. The rest, then, the other four million is it's just kind of evolution of the business, growth of the business. So we have increased data costs, we have increased cloud and infrastructure costs. You know, and not, nothing really major to call out. Just just ongoing growth of the business. You're right. We did introduce a new metric: earnings before interest, tax, and amortisation on our acquisition. We just wanted to really call out the amortisation on acquisition. It's a non-cash acquisition related accounting entry purely. So it's nothing to do with the underlying operations mm-hmm. of the business. So, you know, we, it's, I think it was just worth calling that out to, to a number that wasn't deflated by this, this non-cash item. So on that, yeah, we had 5.8 million on this new new metric. We'll, we will report on that going forward.
0: OK, excellent. Really clear. Earlier on, um, Christian spoke about the repayment of the bond. And what that means for, for Canby and why we decided to you know, repay that at this point in time. Um, but on the same day, you also announced a share buyback scheme. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to get your, your take on that, what the thinking was but behind doing that at that particular time as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, first thing to say is we've, we've had a really strong development of our cash balance in recent courses, which gives us the resources to be able to, to do these things and still retain a very strong balance sheet. So here we started a buyback scheme for up to 7.2 million euros of shares. There's nothing imminent on the MA fund uh, right now. So, you know, we, we feel confident that we can use that money for this share buyback purposes. And honestly, it's just it's because we believe in our company's prospects. So, you know, buying back at the share prices, it's a, it's
0: a show of confidence from the company in, in our future. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks so much, David. Thank you. And coming back to you for, for one last question to, to finish off with, Christian. But we're in we're in May now, so we're going to be entering a, a slightly slower sporting calendar for, for the coming months. But sports events to one side and, and looking kind of more at the, the operational side of the business, the commercial side of the business. How do you see the rest of the year panning out for, for Canby?
1: I mean, I, I have been going on uh, about that we have a very strong pipeline. As Mm -hmm. we we talked about, we we did one more deal today, but I I think there is uh, hopefully some more to come for for the rest of the year. Obviously, we will keep on working hard on on, uh, what what we are doing when it comes to to, to the product. And I'm I'm very excited about our AI-driven trading and and hopefully we will roll out in-play soccer during the autumn and uh, possibly even uh, tennis at some point. So it's a lot going on. And um, of course, as you say, uh, Q2 will be a little bit slower. It's still quite a lot going on with playoffs in in both NHL and NBA. Soccer will have a slightly longer season. But going into especially July and August, it will be quite slow. And then uh, it will take off in the autumn again uh, with uh, American football. Schedule announced yesterday, I think, uh, starting in, in
0: September. Yes, indeed. OK, so, um, yeah, it looks like, a, despite the sports calendar, a busy summer and a busy rest of the year. So um, I think on that, we'll we'll leave it there. So just leaves me to thank uh, both Christine and David for joining me this morning. Thank you. The Q2 Canby results are due to be published on the 26th of July. So it's likely we'll record the next quarterly podcast in a a week or two after that. Uh, So thanks for joining us today and hope to speak to you all soon.